Unless a person communicates with us by speech, by action, or even with facial expressions, we can't get to know that person. What goes on inside can only remain private or a mystery. God, too, was a mystery until he broke his silence. He spoke once and all creation sprang to life. He spoke again, says John, and this time the word took the form of a man, Jesus Christ. God broke the silence and spoke the only way we could truly understand. God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. <clears throat> God has revealed himself in a number of ways before. Obviously, we think of Moses, we think of the burning bush, we think of him as a smoke in the sky guiding, we think of him feeding manna. But in revealing himself in Jesus, God is declaring he wants a relationship with us. And in Jesus, we see the character and nature of God. In his very first sentence to this gospel, John highlights Christ's nature. There are no Christian Christmas scenes here, no stables, shepherds or wise men. We're told nothing of Jesus' birth or youth. John introduces Jesus as the adult son of God, as the light revealed. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humanity. In Jesus, we saw the glory of the one and only, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, the one who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, and from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Jesus Christ makes it possible for all of us to become God's children, who, as such, we embody God's word. We are incarnated into the world by our eyes, our ears, our hands and our feet. Through Christ, our ordinary human lives can show God's love here in the world. The word becomes flesh to bring us all into God's family, to redeem us and to be recognised as God's children. The letter to the Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul and Timothy and addressed to the church in Colossae. Colossae, its original site, completely destroyed by a second earthquake in 60 AD. It was an ancient city in Asia Minor and one of the most celebrated cities in what is today modern Turkey. It had been a significant city and wealthy because it was built on a main trade route and it was very famous for its wool. But its importance had dwindled by the time Paul is writing his epistle. In the first century, there were many religious influences in Colossae, including paganism, and the church there was under attack from the other religions and false teachers who were all disparaging the divinity of Jesus. They were teaching that Jesus was not actually God. Paul had never been to the church itself, but in this letter, he is addressing this issue head on. 
So Colossians is talking about the supremacy of God. Jesus is called the firstborn of all creation because by him all things were created. This is related to time and related to rank, meaning Jesus is supreme over all. He is before all created things. So Paul is not referring to a time that Christ did not exist because, of course, he always existed in God. The rulers and authorities of earth were created by him, and they all ultimately answer to him. In this passage, Paul is explaining that Jesus is eternal, just as God is eternal, and that he is the image of the invisible God. Paul is urging them to establish their faith in Jesus Christ and not to be swayed or distracted by the other religions or their teachings, because all are false. Paul emphasizes that Jesus is the fullness of God. He is trying to help his readers understand that Christ is enough. Christ is enough. If they have received him or put their truth in him and their faith in him, they will have received the fullness of God. And of course, with the fullness of God, you do not need anything else. Paul explains that it was the sacrifice of Jesus which allowed the Colossians and all saved believers to be reconciled to God. Peace was made through his blood on the cross. His mission was to bridge that huge gap that had grown between God and humanity. Jesus, by his death, reconciled or put back together what had been broken by disobedience to God's wishes. He healed the breach between heaven and earth. Paul is urging the Colossians to establish their faith in Christ. Together with faith goes trust. And my urging today is that we trust our faith in God. We are in a time of uncertainty here at St. Thomas's, as the congregation is at St. Matthew's. But, and this is an important but, we face this uncertainty together as a church family, the body of Christ present in this parish of Whitcomb, together one body as represented by this one loaf of bread. I dare not put it up before, you'd be wondering why I had a loaf of bread sitting up there. We have much in common, as it says in Acts 2. All who believed were together and had all things in common. All who believed were together and had all things in common. As the passage from John tells us this morning, Jesus Christ makes it possible for all of us to become God's children. And in Colossians, Paul explains that it was the sacrifice of Jesus which allowed them and all who believe to be redeemed. All who believe are together and have all things in common. There was no explanation then neither is there today for any commonality of our lives apart from our lives in Christ. 
because that is what holds all Christians together, whether it be their denomination through another division, whether it be different churches in Bath. A common thing that holds us together is a number of beliefs, the central one being in Jesus Christ. There was no explanation then, neither is there today, for any commonality of our lives apart from our lives in Christ. From the early days of Christianity until now, the church has always been united in a unique fellowship by things common to all of us. We don't think about the stresses and strains and the differences. We think about what is common to all of us. It's important to recognize that when we speak of the church, we actually mean the ecclesia, the people, the body of Christ, as represented by this loaf of bread I have here. Whether it be the body of Christ in this church, St. Thomas's, and in this parish, alongside St. Matthew's, whether it be nationally with all the Christians in the UK, whether it be internationally or throughout the world, we are all represented by the body of Christ. The first thing we share is a common faith. The early church did not gather on the basis of nationality, class or culture. In Colossians, further on in chapter 3, it states, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Today, communion expresses the same unity. There is one loaf and one cup to eat and drink from, as one body, the ecclesia. The ecclesia was the assembly of the citizens in the city-states of ancient Greece. Of course, it is different for us because we are the citizens of the kingdom of God and Jesus is the bread of life who sustains and unites us. Secondly, we have a common family. When we believe in Jesus as our saviour, we are welcomed into God's family. Given this right by Jesus, John reminds us in this chapter read this morning. We are welcomed into God's family with other believers and this bond of faith is eternal. And because of this, we are encouraged to look after our spiritual brothers and sisters. Again, from John, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Thirdly, by God's grace and love, we aim to share a common conviction and aim, or goal, I should say. However, sometimes we are lifted up together and sometimes we are deflated. And sometimes some of us are lifted up when others are deflated and the other way round. And it's not always comfortable, as many know in our current situation. We all mem are members of one family. We can share each other's joy, each other's pain, sorrow, 
and also our peace. But the thing is, and especially now, we are all individuals. And maybe our being deflated is a whole thing, but we're all feeling different things about the future. We are uncertain. And so really, it is a task of a family to comfort one another, to give people hope when you talk to them. There's no point in being dismal. God has not left. He's here at St. Thomas's and St. Matthew's. 1 Corinthians. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. We are suffering because of the uncertainty, but it's the uncertainty of where we're going or what could happen. It's not our uncertainty in God. He's here. And I think we need to remind ourselves that actually whatever is going to happen could be very positive. We're going into something new and we're being led into something new by God. Paul's metaphor of the church as a body, here represented by this loaf of bread, is both helpful and reminder to all of us at this time that we are part of a church family. We stand alongside each other. We take the bread and wine in Holy Communion together this morning alongside each other, as we do every Sunday. And maybe for the time that it takes to solve what is going to happen with St. Thomas's, meaning who is going to come in and lead our worship, or maybe what we will be made part of, it would be helpful each Sunday when we do take communion alongside each other to remind ourselves, look around at each other. When did we last do this and say, we are family? We're all together in this. We are all one in the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just to say to you this morning that when you do receive communion, it will be this bread. So it might be a bit chewy and it might be a bit soggy, but it's to remind us that we are part of this body.